0: Has God ever put something in front of you that seemed almost impossible to accomplish? Maybe it's a test or an interview, maybe it's anxiety or grief, or maybe it's his commission to all of us to go out and make disciples of all the nations. Today on Rooted Daily, we're talking about how through us, God makes the impossible possible. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where we're rooting ourselves in the Bible so we can grow with God a little more every day. I'm Brandon Levy, and if you ever think that God has put something on your plate that is more than you can handle, take a breath and turn to Exodus. Because in Exodus, God proves that if you are willing, he will make the impossible possible through you. You God tells Moses, go to Pharaoh. Tell him to let my people go. And perhaps we read that and it doesn't really sink in. It's just words on a page, but we cannot and we must not undervalue the challenge that Moses was facing here. You know, it's hard to find a modern day equivalent, but think about it. The Israelites were multiplying like rabbits, they were slaves, and so they would make up the substantial portion. Of the egyptian workforce so maybe today this would be like going to let's say germany and saying we want you to give up all of your machines all of your computers let them leave your country and of course the germans would say no to that not only would they say you have no right to ask that but it would decimate their economy or maybe it would be like telling our own government in the united states to let one state stop paying federal taxes it wouldn't it be an easy feat and there's no easy legal way to do it if the government says no and that's when things get really dicey. Egypt would have been the most powerful country in the world at the time most likely and so it'd be like threatening a war on the U.S. today. It's not going to go well for you and Pharaoh he should have asked Moses you and and what army how are you going to get this done because Moses had no one. He went alone to Pharaoh. He didn't have soldiers. And he was just a recluse that came out of the wilderness after 40 years when he said he heard his God in a bush. You know, the odds are incredible. They're insurmountable. They cannot be overestimated. Yet God told Moses, go to Pharaoh and demand that he let my people go. Yeah, how many times does God give us something to do that seems impossible to accomplish? It can't be anything compared to what Moses was given, but to us, it's scary. You know, Moses had before him a daunting task. He was God's messenger to confront Pharaoh, and the Pharaoh was not known for being benevolent with people who told him how to run Egypt or what to do with those under his rule. Almost at best, doing this meant execution or imprisonment. But God was with Moses, and he promised Moses that before it was over, Pharaoh would know that it was God's authority that ruled Moses. One way he would accomplish that was through the plagues. You you remember the story. Moses would go to Pharaoh, and speaking for God, he would say, Let my people go. And Pharaoh, with his heart hardened, would refuse. And God would send a plague upon Pharaoh and upon the Egyptian people people and they would all suffer. The water became blood, frogs overran the nation, then lice, then flies, livestock were killed, boils broke out on the people, hail wiped out their crops, and what was left was eaten by locusts. And then finally, darkness covered the nation. And with each plague, God showed that no matter the circumstances, all things are possible through him. And that's not to say, that even with these nine plagues, everyone recognized that, that everything was possible through God. There are plenty of people who have tried to explain these away as natural events, but God is over nature. And maybe you can explain one plague with an eclipse and one with a virus, but 10 plagues in a row, that's not random, that God made this happen. Each plague follows a pattern. Pharaoh would go to the Nile every morning. Maybe he went there to bathe, maybe to pray to uh, the river god who the Egyptians believed oversaw the annual flooding of the Nile. But in any event, Pharaoh's visit to the Nile played a role in how the the plagues unfold. The first nine plagues are divided into three groups of three. Before the first, fourth, and seventh uh, plagues, the plagues of blood and insects and hail, Moses is instructed to go in the morning and station himself where Pharaoh will be. Before the second, fifth, and eighth plagues, the plagues of frogs, pestilence, and locusts, Moses is told to go to Pharaoh's palace and confront him there. Uh, And each of those plagues are executed by Aaron, not Moses. And then the third, sixth, and ninth plagues, which were lice, boils and darkness, they strike without any warning at all. Uh, And just like he does all throughout the Bible, God acts with orderly, careful precision. You know, great thought was put into how the plagues would be executed. None of it was random. None of it was natural. In fact, the plagues show beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is far above nature and The nature gods the egyptians worshiped uh were under him and and over the course of these plagues god demonstrated to moses and all future generations he will never put anything ahead of us that he can't lead us through he makes the impossible possible because he is capable of all things and that's let's not act like this is just another feel-good uplifting story. This isn't like Jesus healing the sick or feeding the hungry. This is God using miraculous power to destroy the Egyptians water source and cover them with boils and kill off their food and their children even. And Moses, he doesn't relish in this work. He was given a job to do by God and he did it. He only asked God to use the plagues to help him accomplish his divinely appointed goal. We see no pride, we see no arrogance in him, and he certainly didn't use the plagues to draw attention to himself. He simply called down God's judgment until Pharaoh broke and released the Hebrew people. And if you read Exodus, the seventh through the 10th chapters in a vacuum, you may lose sight of the greater context of God's story. You know, this is an important part of it. God's judgment and his vengeance, they're real and they're all inspiring but that's not the full picture of him either. We have to understand our God is not sadistic. He does not give us tasks that we cannot accomplish. He doesn't strike the Egyptians with plagues on a whim like some gods are portrayed. He's not toying with humanity. No, clearly, all of this is thought out. It's following this clear order to accomplish a clear goal. You know, when God, includes us in his plan, we should know that. We should know it's not a mere exercise. It's not only there to make us stronger spiritually and closer to him, although that's not a bad side effect. But no, his plans for us to succeed are orderly. He walks with us for a reason. He never plans for us to walk alone. And that's why the Bible says that with him, all things are possible. It is his desire to take our lives and use them To accomplish seemingly impossible things for his glory but god he won't work without us see here's the thing god does not have to use us he didn't pick moses because he thought he'd be really good at turning water to blood he didn't pick aaron because aaron loved frogs no god he could have done all of this without them he is god with a word he spoke the world into existence and he created man he doesn't need us but god chooses He chooses to do something that brings him even more glory. He takes the broken and the lost and the wandering, and through them, he makes the impossible possible. He wanted to use Aaron. He wanted to use Moses exactly for that reason. He wanted to take someone like Moses, who spends two chapters laying out exactly why he is not good enough, and God made him good enough. And he wants to do the same thing with you. You know, remember, Exodus is the story of God. But how awesome is it that he includes us in it? You know, God doesn't need, but he wants willing people involved with his plan to rescue his people. And maybe Moses doesn't seem all that willing when God first calls him. I mean, we saw that. But when Moses gets there, he gets there. You know, here, during the plagues, Moses has it figured out. And there is so, there's so much we can learn from him. First of all, Moses was patient for all of this. He knew what God had planned. He knew ever since the encounter with the burning bush that the children of Israel would be free. But here's the dangerous thing about that trust. If you trust God to deliver you, rescue you, you believe he's powerful enough and willing enough to do that you probably then don't also believe it's going to take him 10 tries. Yeah, you know, Of course, those weren't really tries. We know now that God used those separate plagues to extend mercy, giving the Egyptians time to repent, and it's a teaching tool for us today. But on the ground, it w- I imagine it would have been hard for Moses to see that. Yeah, you know, How easy would it have been to give up? How easy would it have been to walk away, to say, Life's too short. It's time to go. You know, we do that sometimes, don't we? We pray for someone, and when we don't see immediate results, we give up, saying, you know, it's not worth it. We share our faith with someone, and we keep getting rejected. They're not really rejecting us. They're rejecting Jesus, but we give up, saying it's not going to happen. A brother in Christ has fallen away, and we pray for him, and we we confront him with love, and he doesn't respond, and we give up. It's not going to work. You know, we are, we are an impatient people, but here's the thing. God is always patient with us and we are commanded to be like him. And so we must be patient as well. And we can learn that from Moses. He's got his confidence now and he is patient after plague after plague. Secondly, Moses was consistent. You know, don't you imagine that Pharaoh got to the point that, that he could set his watcher, his sundial or whatever by Moses. You know, he, he had to figure out real quick that Moses was not going to quit. And when it comes to our relationship with God, neither should we. Jesus told the story of uh, the woman and the unjust judge. And each day the woman would go before the judge and each day the judge would say no. Finally, One day, he relented. We are not to give up on God. He may not answer our prayers when we want him to or how we want him to, but he will answer. And when he does, it will be his best. How do I know that? Because God is God and he can't give us anything less. Third, Moses was discerning. You know, Pharaoh told Moses that he would release the children of Israel tomorrow. But Moses knew different. God had given him a spirit of discernment. And we have to be ever vigilant. Peter said to watch and pray for the enemy, Satan, because he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But many times, we're not vigilant. Many times, we allow the things of this world to distract us and to suck us in. And before we know it, we find ourselves plunged into a lifestyle that is indicative of anything but the power of Christ. And how do we keep that from happening? We do it by asking God for discernment. And not just asking, claiming discernment. You know, developing it by rooting ourselves in this word, growing in it. And finally, I think we can learn from Moses how to pray. Moses was prayerful. Not only in the the story of the plagues, um, but in fact in the entire journey from the burning bush to the promised land. We find Moses always communicating, crying out to, calling on God, even things that maybe we think he shouldn't have said. His doubts and his questions, that was his strength. That was how he made it. You know, we live in a world that is full of confusion and trouble. We run into it on a regular basis. The writer of Hebrews said, we are hard pressed on every side. How do we get through it? Through prayer through praying for others and others praying for us. And Moses shows us that. It's a a simple concept, but it's one we don't use enough. You know, in this 30-second ATM generation where we get what we want when we want it, prayer seems boring, ineffective, not worth it. But if we really stopped and thought about it, we've seen the power of prayer. We've seen it in our own lives. We've seen it in the lives of others. How sad that we can't use it when it's so easily at our disposal. You see, there are all sorts of different ideas and and, and different concepts on how to be successful. You need a routine or you need to go back to school or you need to put in more hours in your career. Uh, Maybe you just need to organize your house, right? You could watch one of those uh, redecorating shows. And and that's what you see when you scroll through YouTube on how to have a better life. You see more work from home office tours um, than you could ever need in a lifetime. And all of that's fine. But the problem with it is that all those strategies start to come unraveled when things get hard. When God puts something impossible on your plate. Your routine and your education and your connections, they aren't enough. Your perfect office setup, it isn't enough. No, if it seems like God has put something impossible in front of you, I think Moses gives us the answer. Be patient, be consistent, be discerning, and be prayerful. And trust the God who wants to use you to make the impossible possible. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's Word with you next time. (laughs) Thanks for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's Word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, If you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.